What's up, everybody? I'm Bradley Allen, and I'm about to give you Secret Society Episode 8. I had Michigan State Dodgeball. Finally in the studio, Mike Van Ehrman and Colin O'Brien. We talked about the upcoming NCDA championships this weekend, April 12th and 13th. Also want to wave goodbye to March officially and congratulate myself on winning the Impact Sports Bracket Challenge. Have to pat myself on the back there a little bit. I never win those. This year I happened to win. It was all luck though, I'm sure. Nevertheless, a great episode. I learned a lot more about dodgeball. I had some experience with the dodgeball team this year, going to their practices, seeing them play, watching them play in a tournament, and I'm really excited for them. They have an opportunity to win a national championship this year, so I really hope you enjoy the episode. Special thanks to Alex Sharg for engineering this episode, and a shout-out to Austin Lerner, our communications coach, and everybody here at Impact. I'm Bradley Allen, and this is Secret Society, Episode 8. Shining more forever in the sun Now let us check our heads and let us check the surf Staying high and drives more trouble than it's worth in the sun Just a mirror for the sun Just a mirror for the sun Secret Society. Welcome to Secret Society. I am Bradley Allen, and I have the Michigan State dodgeball team with me. I have the captains Colin O'Brien and Mike Van Ehrman. Thanks for joining me today, guys. Thanks for having us. Now, I've done a little bit of dodgeball covering Michigan State since I've been here at Impact WDBM, MSU Impact Sports, and so of the club sports, you guys are the most intense, I think. Um, <laughs> we try to be. We try. We try and keep it. Uh, keep it intense, but it's fun at the same time. Yeah, and you guys are having fun. It's a co-ed sport, unlike a lot of the club sports. You guys compete at the top level. You're usually one of the teams that's competing for national champions. I know national runner-up a couple times in the past few years. Sure. I remember walking into your practice after talking with you, Mike, for a little bit, and it was. Uh, it was a sight. You guys were throwing balls at the wall as hard as you can, and it's dangerous in in the gym, isn't it? it, oh, it <laughs> yeah, it's very dangerous. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> we uh, we actually had an accident uh, last Thursday. One of our players, uh, I accidentally hit him in the face, and he got hit in the eye, and his eye filled up with blood. So uh, he lost vision for a couple days. It's 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 almost coming back, and uh, he's unfortunately done for the rest of the season. Now, I'd like to stress that that is a very rare occurrence. Normally, eyes do not fill up with blood, but you know, I just want to make sure that that he's all right, and and we we are intense, but at the same time, we are relatively safe. So it's 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 more fun than it is dangerous. Yeah, and I'm sure you took all precautions when injuries happen. Oh yeah, and of course. I mean, yeah, Mike went over right away, made sure he's all good. Plus, he signed a waiver, so we're all right. <laughs> so we're not liable. There you go. So they're covered. You hear to hear first. So I'll have you guys introduce uh, yourselves and tell us all a little bit about yourself, what you do here, and how you got involved in dodgeball. Um, so I'm a sophomore. Um, last year at participation, just going around, you know, as a freshman, trying to, you know, see all the clubs that Michigan State has to offer. And um, dodgeball caught my eye, and I said, well, you know, I always liked playing dodgeball as a kid. I played baseball growing up, so I thought I had a pretty good arm. So I tried it out, and I thought I had a pretty good arm until I got to practice and saw these guys throwing it upwards of 60 miles an hour. This rubber ball, and I thought that's crazy. You know, I want to learn how to do it. So I stuck around and 
uh, I've been here ever since. Yeah, and I uh, I'm a senior now, so I've been here been around here for a little while. Um, my freshman year, I just saw a flyer in uh, in my dorm, and I said, "Hey, you know what? Club dodgeball, I'll try it." So I brought one of my friends to practice, and the first practice, one of the vets uh, threw a rubber ball over 60 miles an hour and actually hit him in the face. So he decided not to come back anymore. Um, but I said I didn't get hit in the face my first practice, so I said, "You know what? I'll uh, I'll keep going, give it a shot." And Two weeks in, after two weeks of playing my freshman year, I said, I can't stop. This is way too much fun. This is, you know, it's a great group of guys. It's a great stress reliever. Um, it's And plus it's fun to play nationally, and it's fun to go home and tell all your friends that you're on a, a nationally traveling dodgeball team. So I've made lots of friends, not only at MSU, but around the country, you know, people from different schools, from Ohio State, from Kent State, from DePaul, from Grand Valley, from Central Michigan. You know, you it's a great network of people, and they always call it the dodgeball family. So uh, I'm unfortunately done in a couple of weeks uh, after nationals, but uh, but I'm sure I'll still keep in contact with everybody. Now, and you do have alumni come to your practices every now and then and help play. You think you'll continue playing dodgeball, Mike, after you graduate this May? Uh, unfortunately, I won't be able to make it to a lot of practices because I'm actually moving to Nevada. But if I wasn't, if I ever come back to to uh, East Lansing while a practice is going on, you bet I'll be there. I'll be the number one target. <laughs> I will be the number one target. That that does not surprise me. So you mentioned the injuries and somebody getting hit in your, in the face on your first like experience going to a dodgeball practice. And you hear about in gym class, they're eliminating dodgeball completely in some areas. And I remember when I played, it's you don't throw at their head, you throw <laughs> at their you know below like their shoulders, yep. like try to hit them in the legs or something. Is there regulations in your games that you can't throw at the head, or it's you're it's in there, you can do whatever you want? <laughs> the the model of uh, several schools, including our own, when we're playing against other schools, is headshots encouraged. So, uh, you know, it, I mean, there's there's kind of unwritten rules that if, you know, you're six feet away from a guy and he's giving himself up, you don't blast him in the face. But if he's making a dodgeball play and you throw and you hit him in the face, hey, he's it's his fault for being too close to you. And, and you learn quickly. My first tournament, we were at Ohio State last year. I think it was our second match. And I was just in the middle of the court looking left. And all of a sudden I get smoked right in the eye and my right side of the face. And my eye actually got a little blurry for the rest of the day. But, <laughs> um, you know, I, I learned that, You've, you've got to be aware when you're out there because if not, you're going to get hit and you're going to get hit hard and, you know, you got to learn to protect yourself. So after that, I I think I've been hit maybe three times since then. That's how, most peop- that's how most people learn. They have that one defining hit. I st- I remember mine my freshman year when uh, when one of the guys who I didn't know threw very hard, he did the same thing to me and then I learned, okay, got to have your head on a swivel. And, and one of our alumni, his favorite quote is, uh, another word for uh, surprised on the dodgeball court is out. So if you're you can't be you can't be taken by surprise when you're playing. Yeah, I got hit a couple times just sitting in the stands. <laughs> and uh, Jonathan Yale's our photographer and content director here at Impact Sports was also there, and he got hit. I told him before he came, I was like, "You better be careful with your camera, dude, because it's uh, balls are coming all over the place. There's 15, how many? 15 balls on the." Quarter at once. There's ten balls and a, there's ten balls and it's a uh, fifteen on fifteen. So you know a lot of tournaments, a lot of local tournaments or charity tournaments are six on six. But no, we play fifteen on fifteen on a full basketball court. So 
it, it gets pretty hectic, hence the uh, got to pay attention to everybody because, you know, if you're all the way on one side of the court and someone's sitting on the left side of the court with a ball, you're, you know, you're going to get hit pretty quick. So, yeah, it's very hectic. And, again, I mean, the attack line is only 30 feet away from the baseline, and there are people in our league who throw 75 miles an hour. So there's an 8.5-inch rubber ball coming at you 75 miles an hour from only 30 feet away. So you, uh, you really got to pay attention. So you guys started this fall. You had a, a few tournaments this fall. And coming in the winter later in the spring is when you really prepare. You got your national tournament coming up, and you had the Michigan Dodgeball Cup, which is a huge tournament. For those of you that don't know who haven't listened to the previous dodgeball podcast that we had, the top competition in the country is a lot of them are in Michigan. Grand Valley, Saginaw Valley, Michigan State are, you know, pretty much the three best teams, right? Well, I would also put um, Central in there. Uh, they're a very good team as well. I would put James Madison. They're actually out in Virginia. Uh, they're a very good team, always formidable. Kentucky. Um, and Kentucky is also um, a very good team. So um, traditionally and historically, uh, the four the four teams from Michigan that I just mentioned are you know at least in the running for a national title. Within the last four years, within my tenure here at Michigan State, um, those other teams, and specifically Kentucky and James Madison, have emerged as very top-tier teams. Now, the league is called the National Collegiate Dodgeball Association, and their tournament for nationals is going to be this weekend, and where is that? Uh, no, it's actually next weekend. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm speaking in future terms <laughs> oh, <laughs> got it. of when Sorry the podcast drops. Oh, all, makes sense to me. My schedule's all messed up. So April what? 12th and 13th. Uh, April 12th and 13th in Ohio? At Ohio State University, correct. Now, how does it work with where the tournament is hosted? Um, it really comes down to which schools want to host it. So we have a captain's meeting um, at Nationals during Nationals weekend, and we generally have an idea of who's thinking about hosting it for next year uh, before that, the meeting. But if more than one school wants to host, it just comes down to a vote between all the member schools of, all right, where we want to go next year. And so last year at Nationals, which was in uh, Kentucky and Lexington, um, Ohio State said we'd like to host next year. Everyone said, great, it's a pretty central location for all the schools. Um, not too far from Michigan, but then the East Coast can get there as well pretty easily. So I think no one had any objections, and that's where it was for this year. They also have ridiculously nice <laughs> facilities. Like, it's, you know, I mean, I, I go to IM West and IM East all the time, and, you know, they're they're nice, and, you know, I, and I like them, but then you go there, and it's just it's just offensive how nice these facilities are. And they've got more than one. So yeah. they've got the space. They were willing to do it. So, and it was, I mean, it just kind of all worked out like that. Now are you guys going to be traveling all together? Are you taking a couple different ca- cars or vans or anything like that? Yeah, we'll just, you know, Colin has a car. I have a car. You know, a couple other guys on the, have a car. So about a week before the tournament, well, I'll send out a driving list and say, okay, you guys got to be in Columbus by this time on this date. So get your butts there. Figure it out. <laughs> so, no, I mean, it's it's normally not an issue. Uh, we don't, we actually advertise that we're the cheapest club sport on campus. Our dues are $30 for the entire year. That pays for practice time, that pays for court time for uh, tournaments, that pays for the balls that we practice with, which, I mean, you've seen how how hard they get thrown. They pop a lot. Yeah. So we, and they're <laughs> five bucks a ball, so they're not exactly cheap. Um, but, but we are the cheapest club sport on campus. Um, the only other expenses than that, you just you chip in for gas for your driver. So any people listening out there who want to pick up a, a cheap hobby, that's that's a lot of fun, but still intense at the same time, club dodgeball might be for you. Now, and you guys do have fun 
you you play and your practices are fun. They're very high paced. Everyone gets a chance to play and practice. But when it comes to tournament time, you guys have, as like a coaching staff or captains will determine what the roster is to to travel to the tournament or to play in the tournament. This is a big one coming up. This is the biggest one of the year. What's it like for you guys in this few weeks leading up to the tournament on selecting the roster? Well, this year has been interesting. Last year we, we came in and there was probably maybe four slots open for the roster for the whole year. We, we had a lot of returning guys, so I was lucky enough to, to make make those rosters last year as a freshman. But this year, um, our first tournament, we sent nine, nine first-timers to, to uh, Kent State. And so we started out kind of slow, but we've grown in our – roster now is they're not they're not rookies anymore they're guys who played for a whole year and you know we've guys who are just as good as seniors on the team it doesn't matter the age now so this one's a really competitive roster where we we maybe have one slot up up for grabs it's it's hard we have like 24 guys who we want to put on a roster of 20 people it's it's extremely difficult because you know these are these are all very talented players and you you look at them in practice and you see these ridiculous things that they do in practice whether they be you know kills or catches or or whatever and you say you know that play right there that makes me want to put you on the nationals roster but then you got to realize that you know there are four or five other people fighting for that spot at the same time so i'm definitely stalling and making that decision i'm definitely going to take you know um, i'm going to consult with Colin and and talk about it as much as we can because because I don't want to I don't want to leave anybody out who's really shown that they deserve it and they all deserve it which is the shame we can only take 20 guys I'd love to take 25 if we could but uh, NCDA rules say we can only take 20 so uh, it's it's definitely a tough one now for those who can't maybe make the roster or are just on the bubble there what's the protocol on injuries or things like that 20 is the maximum that can be allowed to play right well we so we have to submit a roster to ohio state that is 20 people uh, and then we play 15 at a time on the court and then we have five subs we can you know if someone gets injured on the court and you know they aren't hit out you can call a timeout and you can sub one of those five in or you know if someone just gets tired you know you can still sub those in but those five that you take are your you know that's your grace for injuries now we do a pretty good job of you know not sitting the same five guys every point uh we we are competitive we are you know we do want to win but we also want to have fun that's also a goal of ours and it's not fun driving four and a half hours to ohio state and sitting and watching so um we have a couple of people who who don't sit very often um so because you know they're they're very high impact players especially a couple of the seniors that are that we're not going to have next year but uh, but we try and rotate everybody in as much as possible. But there comes a time in each game where it may be tied or maybe down one, you know, late in the second half, and it's we've got to play our best 15. So you know, if you just sat, we're sorry. You know, we, we, we need to get this point here if we want to win. Absolutely. And so that's I mean that's hard for me, and Mike. You know, especially when we've sat this guy twice already, and it's all right. Well. We, we got we got one point we got to win right here everybody that we put on the roster we we feel that you know can we feel confident in their abilities but you know I've got a guy who can throw 75 miles an hour and that can catch anything in his area code so I'm not going to sit him if we're tied or we're down or we're going into overtime so he's one of those special guys that you got to say all right you know what you're you're in no matter what and we'll figure out the rest from here and what about eligibility is there any rules uh, for through the NCDA or through you know your personal club, Dean, on who's eligible, how many years are you eligible, 
what's the i know certain clubs have halftime full-time um requirement for credit load um can you talk about that well the uh the ncda uh says that you have to be a student at the institution that you are playing student is one credit so you could take bowling and swimming in back-to-back semesters and be eligible to play um, we've had people who have played on our team for six or seven years. We've had people who have played on teams around the league for six or seven years. So as long as you are taking, I could be 40 years old and I could be taking bowling at Michigan state and I could still play. Uh, that rule is currently under revision. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about that at the captain's meeting and maybe put a cap on, on how many years somebody can play or how many national tournaments somebody can attend. Um, but as of right now, as long as you take a credit at Michigan State, Grand Valley, Saginaw Valley, Central Michigan, you can play. So in a sense, then, the $30 membership fee for some people becomes a $30 membership fee plus $475 to take an aerobics class. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't, unfortunately, we yeah. don't get to see any of that $475 yeah, right. I, as much as I'd like to. The joke of the NCAA is that it raises your graduation year. By at least one, yeah. uh, if you're a player. Because everyone wants to stay. <laughs> everyone wants to stay an extra year to play more. Now, you have the tournament coming up. You're riding a 20-man roster that you're just about narrowed down. Talk about what has led up to this. I know we touched on the Michigan Dodgeball Cup a little bit, but what are some strengths you've seen throughout the season, and what have you done to prepare? Which games have been the biggest games you've won or shown improvement at? Well, we started this year, as I mentioned earlier, uh, with a lot of new guys. And so we struggled our first tournament. We went 0-4. Two very winnable games um, that we kind of just let let go by. Um, But the the rookies who were there really grew and really the first tournaments, you know, it's different. You practice for two or three weeks, but when you get out there and, you know, you're actually playing, it's a different environment. Um, So that was good. We, we grew a lot there, and then by the time of our next tournament, which was uh, the Spartan Invite, if I remember correctly, yeah, um, we were actually able to win that, go 3-0. and um, So that was a tremendous improvement from, from the start of 0-4. Um, that was probably a big one when we beat Central, because we lost to Central at Kent State, our first tournament, and we came back and were able to beat Central at the Spartan Invite. So that kind of um, got, us, got us on the right path. Um, and then we went. We lost a couple more tournaments around uh, to Saginaw. I believe once we went there, and then to Grand Valley. Um, but if you look at comparatively to those games to the NBC, um, we kind of got blown out in early in the semester in the fall. And then the NBC we lost by one apiece. Um, yeah, one of the most one of the things I always say about this sport is that you can be physically gifted and you can throw a dodgeball through a concrete wall, but if you don't know strategy and if you don't play as a team, it's not going to go well. And that's one thing that we've really improved on this year. Um, you know, bringing nine or ten rookies to the first tournament. I mean, they had been playing dodge. They had had four dodgeball practices. I mean, I've been playing for four years now, and I don't even know all the strategy. You know, that's that. You know, that anyone can employ. So. Uh, it's it's very important that people play as a team that you know your teammates' tendencies and you know when to have their back or or, or things like that. So uh, we've it's just been a consistent growth. I mean, obviously there's been growing pains with so many new people, but uh, honestly, I believe that when we put 50 minutes of dodgeball together, I don't think there's a team in 50 minutes of good quality dodgeball, the dodgeball that that we're capable of physically and strategically. I don't think there's a team in the league that can beat us, you know, and I. And I don't say that to be arrogant. I just have that much faith in my guys and, and the people who we've who we've taught and who have grown up in front of us. 
and again comparing it to what people's perceptions of dodgeball might be in gym class or maybe the movie which we can talk about later (laughs) but if you haven't seen a dodgeball a competitive dodgeball game at the collegiate level you should check it out go to youtube um go to a a tournament because it's intense the energy is high It, it it was really fun to watch you guys play in that in that michigan dodgeball cup seeing some of those close points there at the end of the end of the game how fired up you guys get knowing that this is the best some of the best competition in the league and i'm wondering some sports when you think about basketball or football or the sports that you see on tv mostly there's tempo to the game there's momentum can can be shifted usually the better team wins statistically in those sports where dodgeball again it's not what you think it is if you're listening and you've never watched it there's a shot clock there's strategy you guys are running like designed plays and you know what you're doing out there what's it like to play against a team evenly matched or not so evenly matched being afraid that you might lose the game just because the bounces might not go your way well you know one of the things that that we've especially been stressing this year is throwing catches uh catching you know when you throw a catch you know if i threw a catch not only the person the team who caught the ball gets a guy back in but i'm also out so that's a two-person swing and you know in a in so many of the points that we've lost this year that have put us down two to one or three to one or those those really pivotal points, we've, we've had uh, the game uh, down to eight men on eight men and we threw a catch or we threw two catches back to back and that just kills our momentum and that, I mean, we're still evenly matched but we still, we've made a couple of those, not a couple, in but we've made several of those rookie mistakes that, that, that we really need to prevent our opponents from capitalizing on. So I've been yelling about it a lot in practice. Colin has been yelling about it a lot in practice. You know, they know now, they know, you know, when to throw and, you know, team throws are a huge part of the game because, you know, if you've got three people thrown at you, you're probably not going to catch it. But if I throw at you alone, you're probably going to catch me. So that's throwing catches has been sort of our Achilles heel, but uh, that is something that we have been stressing immensely in the last couple of weeks. And I mean, when we throw a catch, the, the game can, can turn just like that. There was a time, um, I think during the NBC, when someone said to me, wow, we're, like, we're doing really well. I think it was versus Grand Valley. We were up in the first half, I think like 10 on 8, and then all of a sudden, as in 30 seconds, it felt like we had thrown three catches. And then all of a sudden, as opposed to being up ten eight, we're down seven on eleven, and it just it just killed us. And they they finished the point I think a minute after that they just wiped us. So that that's been a big thing. And also ball possession has been key for us. When when we get ball possession and we have more than half the balls, we 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 win a lot. Oh, yeah. But there's been so many times when we we get six balls and then we throw three and and then other teams are so disciplined especially the, the older teams, the, the Grand Valleys and the, the Saginaw Valleys out there, that they don't they don't make mistakes like that. They hold on to them. They wait until they can team throw, and then they pick you down one by one. So that's been a big thing is, is not throwing those, those stupid balls where we had just thrown and then we wasted one that we couldn't get someone out. We couldn't kill a shot clock. It was just giving them a ball. And one of the things that's, that, that is relatively unique about Michigan State dodgeball compared to other teams in the league is you know, going into the game, 
we don't have a set tempo that we have to play in order to be successful because we have people we have the, the arms to play fast if we need to i mean we have some incredible athletes on our team and but at the same time we also have the ability to slow the game down and and not go crazy and, and throw a ball every every 10 seconds uh we normally you know there are some teams who noticeably when they go into a game the first thing they do off the opening rush is they they pull the balls back and they throw one at a time. They don't want anything to do with their opponent's attack, the attack line. You know they just want to to sit back and let the game come to them. We can really do we can really do either strategy. Um, it just depends on the situation, the, raw, the the personnel we have on the court, and who we're playing. So when you think about mishaps, the mistakes, the I think of it when you're talking about throwing catches almost similar to what a turnover is in basketball yeah. uh, complete change of momentum and there's all these different things that will come together to make a good dodgeball player and better yet a good dodgeball team and I'm thinking from what you guys have mentioned there's a couple things you want to be able to throw the ball hard you want to be able to have hands be able to catch it you want to have agility and be nimble to dodge the ball and as a team together you want to have chemistry what do you think is the most important aspect that makes a good dodgeball player and what makes you as a team, a good team? I may be slightly biased here, but I think it's, it's frankly your, your head. I think if you're smart, you can play with anyone. Um, I always joke with one of our really talented players, uh, EP, he, he can throw it. He can throw it 70. He can catch anything. But I say I can beat you when I play smart. When, when I get you to do things that are stupid, that's when I can beat you. If I just go and try to outgun him, he's going to catch me or he's going to gun me down. But when I play smart, when I block, when I – wait for our moment and I and I team throw with someone at them that's when I get them out um so I think if you play smart I think that's that's the the greatest asset you can have um uh, that's the difference for our team what from now to where it was at the start of the season is we're playing much smarter um and we're not making those dumb those dumb throws those those mistakes we're we're holding on we're blocking for each other and I think that's the difference I think playing with your head is is your best asset yeah, I'm going to have to agree with that because I would rather take 15 guys who are average throwers and average catchers but play very intelligently and, and, and have a really good head on their shoulders than 15 guys that can throw 75 miles an hour but just go up to the line and just let it fly and don't have any regard for their safety or the safety of their teammates. The team that has 15 guys who play together and who play intelligently is going to win every time in that situation. Even though they may be physically outmatched, if you play smart, you're going to win, hands down. So what are you guys doing specifically right now to prepare your team to play smart in the Nationals? We are stressing every, you know, towards the beginning of the year, uh, we, a lot of it was recruiting. And because at this point last year, our club wasn't nearly the size that it is now. We have probably close to 35 to 40 people at every practice, which in last year... Probably doubled in size. Oh, easily has doubled in size. It might have, last year at this time during practice, we maybe had 12 people. Um, just because we had some injuries, we had some people just leave just due to, to course load. So um, it, the first semester was really focused on retention and keeping people uh, coming back. And But now this semester, they know that if they make a mistake, we're going to come up to them and say, hey, listen, you're, you, know, you had a good idea, but here's what you did wrong. And we're, we're doing a lot more individual correction, and we're saying, you know what, if we do that in a game, we're going to lose, and we're going to go home from Ohio State early. And, you know, it's my last tournament. I don't want to go home early. I want to be there till 10, 10 o'clock on Sunday night when the, the championship game is uh, is being played. So it's just every, you know, these guys know. If you ask them what to do in certain scenarios, 
they know what they're supposed to do. But when you get on the when you get on the court and you see a guy in front of you and he doesn't have a ball and you know you can throw pretty hard, it's really tempting to just go up there and let one fly. But when everybody else on the other side of the court has a ball and they're going to run you down as soon as you throw, you have to be disciplined enough in yourself to know, okay, this isn't the right time. I'll get I'll pick my battles smart. And as crazy as it sounds at practice, there have been times when guys have been frustrated and it, I actually like to see that because it shows, one, that they care, and two, that they're frustrated when their teammates let them down, when their teammates screwed up and they didn't, prote- they didn't protect their, their, their teammates. And so it was actually good to see sometimes that you know, guys are getting a little angry that, hey, you're not playing smart, we have to play better, um, and not just, oh, I got out, man, I'm, I'm mad now, but frustrated that we're not doing things the right way. The rule is if you are standing in front of somebody, whether you have a ball, because traditionally we'll block for pe- block for each other, you know, sit, sit one guy behind the other while the other the guy in front has a ball to, to block incoming throws. Whether you have a ball or not, if you're standing in front of somebody, it's your responsibility that, that they don't get hit. So if you fail in that responsibility, you're going to hear about it. Has there been seating yet and you know your schedule for the tournament, who you're going to face first, what your odds are, is there pool play and then bracket play tell me about the format of the tournament the way it's going to go is um we're going to play our pool play on saturday and then it's going to be a single elimination tournament on sunday so we don't know our seating yet uh, we are more specifically we don't know our pool yet um, but i think it's 80 percent the the seatings for the sunday tournament are 80 percent your regular season standings the the points that you earned during regular season it's hockey style scoring um, and then 20% your results from your pool play on Saturday of the Nationals tournament. So uh, I, I'm very confident, you know, we had, you know, we had the, the growing pains early, so our record isn't as good as the Grand Valleys and the Saginaw Valleys. You know, they've got impeccable records with some great wins on their resume. But, you know, that the, I'll play, I, my philosophy is I'll play anybody anywhere. I've got, com- I've got utmost confidence in my guys. As bad as it might be to say it, we might be like a UConn or a Kentucky at this point. Where oh, don't say UConn. <laughs> no, don't say. That's UConn. why I'm saying it. Uh, but where our seed not might not be that great, but because we struggled throughout the season, but we're hitting our strides now, and we I I know we can make a Final Four run if not national championship. So in in my opinion, Grand Valley is the best team in the nation, and at the Michigan Dodgeball Cup uh, about a month ago, we lost to them three to two, and. Every point, all five of the points uh, were close, were, were dogfights. So, you know, maybe maybe at Nationals if we play them again, which I hope we do because I want to play the best, um, maybe we won't throw that, that stupid catch in, at a pivotal moment and we'll be able to come out on top this time. One thing I remember about dodgeball when I first was exposed to it, it might have been through Twitter or something, but I I just remembered it because one of my friends, Scott Dane, who's the club soccer coach here, uh, he was on the podcast, and I told him about having you guys on eventually, and he was like, oh, yeah, they're intense. I remember watching a YouTube <laughs> live stream of the championship a few years ago. Is there going to be something like that so we can tune in from Michigan while you guys are in Columbus? Uh, we hope so. Uh, I think that the the guys who are smarter than me with the technological stuff are working on it. Um, they streamed it last year via Google, uh, Google Plus Hangout, I believe, uh, which was uh, the quality wasn't as high, but I mean you could still see relatively well what was going on. Uh, I think they're working this year to have, you know, 720p, uh, high quality streaming. I don't know what the results are on that yet. They've talked about it, but I would definitely uh, post that on Twitter, post that on the MSU Dodgeball Facebook page uh, once I find that out. Cool. And another thing the league has gotten really good at is filming a lot of games. So last year they managed to film something around 80 percent 
of all the games that took place at Nationals, and I think this year they're really shooting for getting every game filmed, um, which is really great because it's just kind of cool to you know watch watch the game film of you of you out there playing, um, and it's nice to show your friends or your family, hey look, I made a catch here. Look at this guy, I got him out. <laughs> well, and also they're going to have um, captains um, such as Colin and myself, um, we're, uh, they're going to be commentating. So they're going to be telling you what's going on during the game. So, you know, while everything's flying around and you may feel a little lost, you're going to have somebody who actually knows the game telling you what's going on. So that's going to be a benefit for the YouTube channel. Real quick, and we'll take a break in just a second, I want to know... I know what your goal is. I have an idea of what your goal is. You want to win the championship. Absolutely. But what are your thoughts heading into uh, the tournament? What are you thinking about in these upcoming days as you prepare to travel? And what is the goal for you as a team in the national tournament? Um, like you said, you know, our goal is, is to win a national championship. We were we were right there last year, and uh, frankly, I think we we were outplayed the championship game. I think Grand Valley they they played pretty much as good as you can play, and we, we weren't good enough to beat them. So I think this year is we have to bring our A game. We have to play our best that we know we're capable of because we do it in stretches, but we don't do it for a whole game. So as Mike said earlier, if we play 50 minutes of our dodgeball that we know we're capable of playing, there's no reason why we should lose. And if at that point we do lose, hats off to whoever beats us because, you know, we, we gave all we can. It's For me, it's don't leave something out there that you could have gave. So if, as long as you give it your all, I think there's nothing you can be upset about. And, and for me, um, the, you know, on, starting on Saturday is going to be our pool play. And, you know, if we drop a game on Saturday, uh, which obviously is not a goal of mine, but if we do, that doesn't mean we're going home. It just hurts us for our seating on Sunday. But one of the things I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to my guys about, and I have been talking to my guys about, you know, we don't look past any game. You know, there are teams in this league that we can get by on talent alone because, you know, we've, we are tremendously talented. And, you know, even if we don't play our best game strategically, there are some teams in our league that we can still, we can still win and win probably pretty handedly. But I don't care because if we get in the habit of saying, oh, I can throw alone or I can just do this and that and it's not smart, then, the, then that's what we're going to do against a team when it really counts. So we're not going to look past anybody. I don't care if we're playing the kindergartners from down the street. We're going to be organized. We're going to be you know, st- strategic, and we're going to make sure that everything, every throw that we make is calculated. On that point last year, we, we almost lost to Wisconsin-Platteville in the first round on Sunday. Um, I think it was our first game. It was early. We came in there thinking, oh, it's a relatively new team. We can just kind of stroll in here, you know, do what we want. We'll advance right on through. And they they took the first point, and they were about to take the last point. We had two people left. When we the, barely when hung the on. the clock expired. And, frankly, at that point, if they had taken it and gotten overtime, I think they would have won. Um, so we really – we're going to stress we can't look past anyone because – and then two years ago, they you guys lost to James Madison in their first year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we – we have a history of starting slow, especially in the start of days, and we got to stress we can't do that because we'll get beaten. There are a lot of good teams out there. And you guys have been really consistent in your stance that when you guys play your game and when you play the best to the best of your ability, then there's nobody that can beat you, and it doesn't seem like you care who you play at this point. You don't know yet, but whoever, it's just uh, go out there and, and win the game and, and go on to the next round. We'll play anyone, anytime, anywhere. Doesn't matter to me. Thanks, guys. I got Colin O'Brien and Mike Van Ehrman here with me from MSU Dodgeball. 
and we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll get to know them a little more and their club a little bit more. So stay with us. Secret Society. Society. We're back with Secret Society. I'm Bradley Allen. I have the player coach slash co-captain Mike Van Ehrman and Captain Colin O'Brien from Michigan State Dodgeball with us. And we're talking about national tournament. We're talking about the dodgeball team. We're talking about dodgeball in general. Um, You touched on it a little bit earlier about the community of dodgeball. And tell me about the relationship you have with your team and your club members what is it like? You guys seem to all get along great. Oh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. You know, we we have a lot of fun with each other. Uh, we like to do Wednesday night bowling night at spare time um, over by Frandor. Uh, it's $8, all you can bowl and all you can laser tag. So, you know, you get 10 guys and girls from the dodgeball team, and, you know, you go out at 9 o'clock at night, and you go bowling with them for a little while and, and go play laser tag. And it's just kind of like a team bonding experience, but at the same time, you know, it's it's friends. It's not necessarily, oh, I need to be with these people because they're my teammates. It's, no, I want to be with these people because, you know, I, I enjoy hanging out with them because they're all really funny and they're all a lot of fun to hang out with. Yeah, I mean, I know as a freshman last year, um, just little things like, you know, the older guys like saying, hey, how's it going, Colin? And you walk into practice. It just it kind of goes a long way when you think, oh, wow, you know, this is like these are friends, you know, these are these are a good group of guys to, to be around. I know um, there was a couple parties we went to last year, and it, we may only have like 30% of the people there, but it quickly turns into us just being around talking about dodgeball all night. Um, and so it's just it's a good time no matter, no matter what group of the team you're together with. Um, I actually pulled two of my best friends uh, and had them play, started playing dodgeball this year. Um, so it's just it's a good time. They 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 they, they love it. Uh, they have a lot of fun. Um, so it's just you know it's a it's a good time for all. I always tell people if I were a freshman today on campus, the first thing I would do is join club dodgeball. Absolutely, not only from the sport and everything, you know. I mean that's really fun, but. The friends that I've made from at Michigan State, the friends I've made from other schools, you know, the contacts that I have made and, and the connections that I've made, you know, and just we always, I mean, when we hang out, when we go to the Nationals, we're all staying in the same hotel because we're all friends. We're all going to go and hang out. We're all going to go to B-Dubs together. There's going to be like a, like 65 of us at one restaurant, and it's just going to be a good time. We're all going to make fun of each other because we're rivals, but at the same time, you know, we're joking around. So it's, it's that kind of relationship. Uh, during our spring break, there, I live in outside of Chicago, and there's a tournament at DePaul. So I, I was coming back, and I just said, hey, I'll, I'll stop by. So I swung by, and I saw two of my friends from uh, Central and, and from uh, Saginaw, and just you know, said, what's up, how's it going, how's the tournament going? They, they filled me in on what happened uh, before I got there, and it was just a good time. I mean, it was spring break, I didn't have to be there, but I wanted to be there. Never a dull moment, ever. A lot of similarities I see with some of the club sports that I've talked to. Ultimate Frisbee comes to mind, uh, Quidditch comes to mind, and a few others that not only are you a tight-knit community here at MSU, but you're friends with the other players. When I was at the Michigan Dodgeball Cup, I saw you interacting and joking around with some of the players on Central before you played them in the first game, and I can really see that 
community of dodgeball through social media, through the website, and it's really cool to watch because for one second you guys are, you know, joking around, um, maybe even hung out before, but then you're playing against each other and your enemies and you want to beat them. Well, it's funny because actually right after the Michigan Dodgeball Cup, I had four guys from a couple of different schools stay the night. They had never hung out, uh, had a Saturday night at Michigan State, so they all stayed at my apartment and we all went out together. So, you know, we kind of beat the crap out of each other and gave each other bruises during the day, and then we all went out and had a beer together at night. So it was, uh, it's, it's definitely that kind of relationship. Now, where do you take them when you go downtown to... Uh take them out where do you go do you go to rick's or do you go harper's we made an appearance at rick's we did go to harper's uh we went to uh, a couple of apartments we was it was a long night um and I mean, rick's is a mainstay as a teammate is a bartender there right so. but but uh <laughs> but it was uh it was quite interesting and then by the end of the night uh we were taking pictures of of uh, my friend. His name is Mike, and as well, and he uh, and we posted it in the captains club Facebook group, and then everyone gets to make fun of him and everything like that. So it's you know if he does one thing stupid ever, you know everyone's gonna know about it and everyone's gonna laugh at him. So that's funny. And back to your team, you said one of the things you do uh, socially is go to spare time and play bowling and do laser tag. So I have to ask of your team, who's the best bowler? Oh, I mean. I'd love to say me, but that would be a lie. Um, although I did bowl a 187 once, but my average is much closer to about 100, 110. Uh, I would probably say uh, Eric Paul is one of the best bowlers. <laughs> yeah, this is going right to his head. Yeah, this is going to go right to his head, so I'm actually going to retract that statement. But uh, he's actually our coach. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't play, but Kevin Wynn is a very good bowler as well. Um, and, and, and I'll give, I'll slide Dan Grogus's name in there because he's, he's also, he's not as consistent as the other two, but, uh, but I don't want any of them to get big heads. So, <laughs> so I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say one is better than the other because then I'm going to hear about it at practice. Right. Well, bowling is sort of a learned skill, but the laser tag is new and laser tag at spare time is not easy. Oh Who, no, it's not. Who's the best laser tag? Oh, me team? by far, <laughs> me by far. It's not even close. So I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna dignify any of those other guys. You know they 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 know they know that that I that I can take them to school in laser tag. So Mike Van Erman, a sniper on the dodgeball court as well as in laser tag. Absolutely, I'm maybe, gonna put that not, on my resume. Maybe not the dodgeball court. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people when they think of dodgeball, they never have thought of it as a competitive sport like it is until the movie mm-hmm. the movie Dodgeball with Ben Stiller and uh, Vince Vaughn came out. That had it been like what ten years ago? Two thousand five. Yeah, so two thousand four, two thousand five, something like that. What's the history of? I'm I'm curious to know what the history of Michigan State dodgeball is in relation to that movie. Do you know the history of the team at all when it came out? Yeah, I think our our um, our first year was two thousand three. Um, guy, it was founded by a guy named Alex Bomas. So I think it actually, I think the club actually predates the movie. Uh, so we're happy about that. Um, but I was, t- I actually am a referee for I am dodgeball as well. And, um, I am dodgeball is a little bit different. It's a little bit safer. There's no headshots. It's played with foam balls and stuff like that. So, um, so they get a lot of attention, but I was talking to one of the people who run I am sports and he said that, you know, they had, I- they've always had I am dodgeball, 
But as soon as that movie came out, they just had an explosion of attendance at I Am Dodgeball. They just had significantly more teams. So, you know, as much as the movie makes fun of dodgeball players and as much as, you know, they're, we like to say, oh, they're not even that good in the movie, you know, it, it, it probably helped the popularity. And, you know, people on the team quote the movie all the time. And it certainly helped the league. Oh, I mean, the league absolutely. As a, as a unit was only roughly, what, five teams, the first Nationals? Uh yeah, five teams at the first nationals. I think we had twenty four last year. Yeah, so I mean it when the when the movie came out it certainly helped uh other schools start their dodgeball clubs. So Absolutely. Now I'm curious to know, do you guys hate that movie or do you love that movie? <laughs> I actually love it. I've not lying here, probably seen it upwards of fifty, sixty times and um I love it for dodgeball, I love it notwithstanding dodgeball. Um I I can quote the whole thing. It's it's amazing. Um, I'm a big fan. So see, I like. I think it's a really funny movie, and I and I've always, I've always liked it. Um, I not gonna lie, a part of me dies when I tell someone that I play dodgeball, and they're like, "Oh, can you dodge a wrench?" Or like, "Can you dodge up, dick, dive, and dodge?" Like, mm, yes, I can. Uh, my, but my biggest concern is is the overquoted lines. Um, as the ones Mike just just yes. stated that there's so many one funny lines and two. Just better written lines in that movie. Um, like Jason Bateman and Gary Cole oh, that's great. as the announcers. Um, they're the best part of the movie. Once once the tournament starts and they're they're announcing, it, it's it's great. It's the best part. So so and there's um, not even this is even goes bigger than Michigan State dodgeball. But there's um, some dodgeball after college options and those leagues uh, they aren't big fans of the movie so because they they always hear the the oh you can dodge a wrench i guess mm-hmm. that that kind of thing so so once i graduate i'm gonna be surrounded by people who don't like the movie as much but i still think it's a funny movie it's just you know i'd i'd like i'd like dodgeball to have a little bit more credibility than just dodging wrenches right and i want to touch on where you're moving too because that might tie into a little bit of the, the movie too but my thoughts on the movie are that I think it's a great movie and it, it's funny in a sense of how, um, you know, the jokes are written. It's got Vince Vaughn and Ben Stiller and sure. the whole concept of the Globo Gym guys. Oh, yeah. That, that's funny and I think that I think it's good. But what I really like about it, too, is it's it's a sports movie and a comedy movie all in one. It's in the subtitle or in the uh, the tagline of a movie or whatever it's. A true underdog story and you really get that and when you guys talk about in the first part of the uh, first segment of this podcast what it takes to make a good dodgeball team it's not necessarily the, the athleticism or the skill it's the intelligence and the chemistry and when you look at the team like average joe's that's what they had and ben stiller's team they were like uh blazer laser taser something and all like that they were strong <laughs> they could throw the ball hard but you know Peter Lafleur. He 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 was what come to mind when you're talking about the ideal dodgeball player. Somebody who's smart. Yeah, exactly. Although I will say that while we you know we are we were we have been the underdogs. I like to think that most of our guys are a little bit more athletic than the the big guy <laughs> with the glasses who gets hit by the car a couple times. I like to think that we have that that all of our guys are a little bit a little bit more athletic than that. And a little bit more smooth with the women than uh, that one guy. What's his name's character? Justin. Yeah, Justin Long. <laughs> yeah. No, well, no, I don't know. Eric isn't very good with the ladies, <laughs> so I see. I gave him a compliment before, so I gotta beat him back down a little bit. Otherwise, his his head's gonna explode. Yeah. A couple more things about your team that I like to ask these general questions. Um, I don't know if you guys would be able to answer or would know, but who do you think would be the best dancer? 
who do I think would be the best dancer? Jesus. That's a good Hello. one. You know, I'm trying to think. I bet, I bet James Schneider has some hidden moves. I'm just, James Schneider's <laughs> probably got a few moves, but I wouldn't sleep on John John Harrison either. I think John Harrison could probably get down if he if uh, if the right song. I, I've heard <laughs> I've heard he's a very big fan of the song Super Bass. <laughs> so I'd like to. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen him dance the Super Bass, but uh, that's definitely on my bucket list before I graduate. Awesome. What about style? Who's got the best style? Style. Oh, we all have pretty crappy style, for <laughs> yeah. being honest. No. Um, um, let's see. Certainly not me. My athletic shorts, athletic shirts every day. Yeah, not me either. I'm I'm right there with you. You guys have a couple women on the team, right? We so. do. Becca has good style. Becca has good style. But but as far as as far as see, she's the only girl though, so her style yeah, is a little bit unique. Different. Like I couldn't p- quite pull off the scarf and blouse like she can. Right. So. Uh, let's see. I do you. like, I do like not to, you know, reinforce James here, but he, he wears, uh, loafers. he wears those loafers to practice. Uh, I'm sure he's got some <laughs> nice shoes to, uh, to, to go with them. Everyone else wears basketball shoes and tennis shoes and he wears like slip on loafers to practice every day. No idea why. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw a uh, Zach Weber's name in there. Oh, uh, Weber does have, Weber's he does got, have a nice coat. Weber's got a nice on, coat. On he's, he's got some 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 fly clothes. So yeah, let's put so, Zach Weber's uh, name yeah, up I there. Yeah, I agree. Now, Colin, you're a sophomore, right? Correct. So you got a few more years left, Mike. This is your last go at uh, a championship. Yes, but sir. another reason why I love club sports, and I've said this before on the show, is when it's over, it's not over. When you play a varsity sport like football or hockey, or you know, I mentioned I played lacrosse in high school, and my last game. Um, it's over, and when it's over, you're done. You're n- you you will never probably play organized again. Or dodgeball, there are leagues, uh, communities that play. You can play anytime. Just get a group of guys together and play. So it's not over. You're also moving to Las Vegas. I am. I congratulate I, upon graduation. You just got a job. I did. Congratulations there. Thank you. That's where the tournament. T- I I asked that because that's where the tournament took place in that dodgeball movie. So uh-huh. I wonder. Like I wonder if there's an actual. <laughs> thing because i've actually heard somebody say you know that's a real tournament for the fifty thousand dollars or whatever uh it's not quite fifty thousand dollars there are some tournaments out there there's actually going to be one out in las vegas in august um that i will be playing in um and i'm actually in the process of planning one um so i'm working for a casino and uh on my resume uh the the guy who was interviewing me said dodgeball that sounds really cool i was like yeah you know it's really intense you know i told him a little bit about it kind of what like what i told you and he said, so if I asked you to throw a dodgeball tournament, you think you, you, think you could get uh, a good amount of people out there? I was like, I know, you know, 150 to 200 people that I send one face mass Facebook message that they're all going to say, where do I sign up? Because, you know, we're crazy about dodgeball, even though we get bruised and, and break hands and stuff like that, we, we still love it. And, you know, I've torn up my shoulder for the last four years and my hands don't quite function the same way that they used to, but I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world, so... I made sure that there were leagues in Las Vegas when I uh, when I accepted the job. I was like, that's the last piece of the puzzle. I got to make sure that I got something to do out there. Nice. And Colin, uh, second year playing competitive dodgeball. You were a baseball player before. Any other experience with other sports that kind of led you to be interested in playing a college sport? Um, I mean, I don't, not really. I mean, I played soccer in high school too, but. Uh, I think the baseball aspect. Oh, I, you know, I thought, oh, I have a good arm. I I could probably do dodgeball. Um, but as you said, like when it's over, it's over. And I do miss, you know, soccer and baseball. And other than, you know, maybe I am soccer. There's not much of a 
of a future beyond high school. Um, you know, if you're not a college athlete, but dodgeball, as Mike said, there's uh, there's the elite that's that's an option, and and even the alumni. There's alumni game at Nationals that um, they can hop in and play one more game. So I won't I won't be done after after 2016. I'm sure I'll play another year, another not another year, but another form, another match. And I will say this: there is there is a good amount of money to be made playing. They, I mean, it's it's more or less professional dodgeball. Um, it's the highest level of competition that they offer, really, outside of college. Um, but there's there was there's a there was a tournament. I think it was last year or two years ago that was in Detroit. Uh, the the cash prize was twenty thousand dollars. And there's um, a tournament in there was a tournament in New York a couple months ago. Uh, the tournament prize was I think five thousand dollars or three thousand dollars so I mean you know you split that among six guys obviously or six uh, guys and girls but you know there's I mean you can't make a living off of it let's be honest but you know you can you can definitely uh, make some good spending money playing dodgeball I want to ask you Mike did you play any sports or have any dreams of like because I think most every person who's really intense sports fan or loves uh, to be an athlete has dreams of being a professional athlete as, or a collegiate athlete at least. Sure. Um, I, you're wearing a Milwaukee Brewers shirt right now. Were you a baseball player too? What was the sport that you wanted to have a future in when you were a kid? Well, I was not good enough to have a future in any major sport. Um, I played baseball up until uh, my sophomore year of high school. Um, and then everyone else was significantly better than me, so I stopped. Um, but I played soccer from uh, until I graduated. Uh, I played basketball. Um, so those are the those are the big two that I really stuck with for a long time. Uh, but I always played dodgeball in gym class, and I said, "Hey, this sounds like fun." And maybe we maybe I maybe my talents in the gym class because I mean in gym class, especially when not everybody's trying, you know, you look pretty good. You know, you look like a good player. So. I figured, eh, I was decent in gym class, so maybe I'll give it a shot at college, and the rest is history. Trying to look at the notes that I scribbled here. Okay, back to the other teams. You said you've, you know, you've been networking literally for your jobs with these dodgeball players and these other captains and these other teams. you got a real tight community here at Michigan State and a friendly rivalry and a friendship with some of these other schools. Talk about that and some of the relationships you have with the other schools. Do you have any more funny stories from the road or any teams that you really don't like? Well, yeah, but I'm not <laughs> going to tell you who they are just because, you know, we, we've got we've got to be respectful. But there are definitely teams that we don't like, uh, but but uh, they, will, they shall remain nameless. Uh, but it's funny because uh, the captain from Grand Valley, his name is Kevin Bailey, uh, he's a big Michigan fan. And uh, Michigan and Michigan State both played on, uh, on in the NCAA tournament on Saturday. And unfortunately, Michigan State lost. And he tweets out, hey, any bitter state fans want to borrow my Kentucky shirt? Well, uh, Michigan plays Kentucky, like thinking they were going to win. And then they lost. So I actually, right before I walked in here, I tweeted at him. I was like, hey, Kevin, can I still get that Kentucky shirt? Haha. <laughs> and he's just like, ah, yeah, yeah, shut up. So, no, we're all good friends and we get we have relationships like that. So, you know, I, I would definitely, if any of them came up to the Michigan State, I'd be offended if they didn't text me and, and said, hey, let's go get a beer. So, In fact, Mike McCarthy from, from Siena, he texted Mike one day after practice, hey, I'm 20 <laughs> minutes out of East Lansing. Mike's like, I was like, all oh, right. <laughs> all right, I guess I'm hanging out with you tonight. But, no, he's he's actually one of my best friends in the league, so got nothing but respect for Mike McCarthy. And, and even though we call him Grandpa because he's, like, 80 years old, uh, 
Well, well, we still love him to death. No, I think I know who you're talking about. He had some experience with college dodgeball, and he started the program at Siena Heights, Correct. Right? Yeah, he's the, I don't know, he was the one who was refing the Michigan State Saginaw game, and uh, some fans were getting a little lippy uh, and, and yelling some expletives uh, during the game, and he stopped the game and went over <laughs> and said, if you if I hear one more thing, I'm gonna card your team and stuff like that. So he's he's definitely uh, an elder statement elder statesman of the league and and somebody that that everybody respects. All right, well, I guess I'll ask you guys if there's anything that I haven't touched on that you really um, want the Michigan State community to know about dodgeball and um, any any other experience you've had that you you know really want to share here today. Um, I would just say it's definitely the most fun thing I do every week. Um, it's a great way to pull off some steam. You know, if you're stressed about classes, you're, you're exhausted, you're tired of, of schoolwork, you, you go out for two hours on Tuesday night and Thursday night, um, just whip a rubber dodgeball around. And it's, a, it's a good way to pull off steam with a great group of guys. So I know it's the best thing I do every week, without a doubt. And one of the things that I've always told people and that I stress is, you know, we don't cut people. You know, the, the rule is that if you buy a jersey, uh, you, everybody has to play club dues whether you travel or not. But if you buy a jersey, you're eligible to travel to play nationally. Uh, but if you just want to come and play and not buy a jersey and just play for fun twice a week, you're more than welcome to do that. You know, it's, it's, if you want to be super competitive with it or if you want to be a little less so competitive, we, we accommodate all people. So, you know, we're, we're always asking people to bring your friends. You know, we don't, we don't restrict practice at all. You, know, you show up, you say, hey, I'm interested in playing, and we'll say, okay, here are the rules. We'll teach you how to throw a ball, and, and that's it. So we're very, we have a very open-arm policy. And, you know, even if, you know, I've always had the policy as captain, and I'm sure Colin will have the same policy next year as captain. If you have to miss a, class, or miss a practice because you have the biz- biggest exam of your life the next morning, that's fine. We don't, we don't mind, you know, I mean, people are there consistently enough that if you miss a pra- one practice out of a month, we're not going to jump down your throat about it because, you know, we understand that you're a student too. A lot of people are taking 15, 16, 17 credits, and we know that dodgeball doesn't pay the bills and dodgeball doesn't get you A's on your exams. So uh, we're, we're very open. Uh, so we just want to make sure that everybody knows that it's there and it's an opportunity. And I firmly believe that if everybody gave it a shot, that they wouldn't want to stop. So... Uh, that, that's my little pitch for it. And even then, if if you've been here once, it, you know, don't think like, oh, I can't come back because I missed two practices or whatever. I mean, my friends who I brought this year, they came with me freshman year, came to two or three practices and said, ah, you know, they were a little bit later. They came probably in October, so um, started the rookies and everyone had started to pick up the intensity a little bit. So they said, ah, you know, this might not be for me. So I said, that's fine, you know. Um, doesn't matter to me. And then this year I said, hey, you guys should come back out of dodgeball. Just give it a shot, you know, from the beginning from the start and they said okay you know that's that sounds sounds like a good plan and now they're they're roster players they they love it they come to every practice um so you know even if even if you've been before and said ah i don't know you know if you come back it might be a different story well and the the first practice is always the hardest because there are really big guys who are throwing eight and a half inch rubber dodgeballs at people 65 70 miles an hour and you know you don't really know the strategy and you don't have everything down and it's the first practice everything feels like it's moving a thousand miles an hour so 
suck it up for the first practice. I know it's going to be tough. You come back the second day, you're like, oh, okay, I know what's happening here. And then the third day, you're like, oh, I can throw a little bit harder than I could on the first day. And just, you know, by the first month is, by the time the first month is over, you're, you know, you're well on your way to becoming a roster player. I firmly believe that. So the first practice is always the hardest, but don't get discouraged like that. Especially with the learning curve of uh, what most people use in the league of grip throwing, which is uh, there's a technique where you, you actually you grab the ball, which is slightly deflated a little bit, and you kind of pinch it in. You fold it over itself. You fold it over, and it gives you, um, one, like the ability to curve it significantly, and it also increases the speed for most people. Um, and a lot of times when people first try to do it, they just kind of either spike it into the ground or it flies 40 feet in the air. And so they think, oh, man, this is hard. I you know, get discouraged and stop trying it. Um, but I know for me it took me probably three, four weeks to get it where I could say, all right, I'm aiming for this spot. I'm gonna hit it, um, and so that's that's the biggest the biggest thing. The first month is um, between veterans and rookies, where veterans know how to throw. They they can throw harder. They can throw accurately, um, and, and the rookies are are still trying to figure it out, figure out exactly where to release. You know how to grip it precisely. So um, it takes time, but once you've got it, uh, you're pretty much set. You guys practice 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Tuesdays and Thursdays at IM Circle. That's at least what you've been doing this year. Now, once the tournament happens, are you guys done? Are you guys still going to be practicing? What's what's we'll still, next? We'll still have practice after nationals. Um, you know, we'll probably we'll throw a couple of gimmick games in there. You know, one of the games that we play. You know, because it's you know we're not drilling things into the ground and we're not working on hardcore strategy. It's just more for fun. Um, one game that we play sometimes that it's actually quite quite crazy is it's, it's zombie dodgeball. When you get hit, you have to go to the other team. So if I get hit, then the person who's standing behind me that saw me get get hit, they just throw it at me right away just to get me back on that team. Okay. So, so it, it can, can kind of get, get really... You can get trapped <laughs> and just get hit like four times in a row. So, so it's, <laughs> it's goofy things like that, you know, but it's still fun. You can still learn, yeah. and we still welcome all people who, who feel like playing. We'll, but we'll it's, play medic or nurse yeah, or whatever exactly. it's called where one person can heal people. Um, just, you know, different things to kind of loosen it up. Uh, but we still play because for the seniors, it's their last four or six practices um, of their career. So we still want to have people there to have a competitive game for them. And, you know, for the people who are sticking around, you know, keep your arm ready, keep your arm in shape, for, get ready for next year. Thank you guys for coming on. I really appreciate it, and I wish you the best of luck at your national tournament, and I hope you bring home a national championship for Michigan State. Thank you for having us. Thank you. And the last thing i like to ask my guests is, MSU Impact Sports for 89FM is a, uh, we cover all Michigan State sports, and I like to ask my guests, what is your favorite Michigan State sports moment of your lifetime? It can be a dodgeball moment, it can be uh, anything, so I'll start with Colin. Um, Alright, one of them is certainly last year in the Izzone when versus Michigan when we absolutely trounced them. That was a good one. Um, that was probably the best. And even though I was at both the Big Ten Championship game and the Rose Bowl this this, this year, um, the Big Ten Championship game for me uh, was probably just a, a hair better. Um, having the stadium filled 75% Ohio State, um, hearing their stupid OHIO chant um, <laughs> repeatedly when, when they scored 24 straight points, but then um, coming back and scoring 17 uh, again, Especially, I have a couple of friends on the team, so seeing them do well. Uh, Josiah, Josiah Price is one of my friends. When he got the touchdown, um, that was that was pretty cool for me and my buddies who were there to 
you know, see our friend catch a huge touchdown in the Big Ten Championship game. Um, so that was that's probably my, my number one moment. Um, and then third would just be the in 2005 when we beat Duke. Um, I, I remember it was Good Friday, and it was just it was crazy. I did not expect to win, so now I was a little kid at that time. So I was like, oh, my gosh, we beat Duke. Um, so that was, that was probably that, my third one. That's great. I love the Big Ten Championship story because most people say Rose Bowl. And um, I didn't get a chance to go to, to Indy this year, but I did go in – uh, 2011. Yeah, I was there lost. too, and that was yeah, me too. I, I never really swear in front of my parents, but when we, <laughs> when we had the roughing the kicker penalty, um, f bombs started flying, and <laughs> it was that was that was heart wrenching. So it was good to be back and and get vengeance. I was actually sitting in the Wisconsin student section for that oh, game. Oh, nice. So it was a, uh, but uh, for me, for dodgeball related um, memories, it would be beating Saginaw Valley at nationals last year. Um, we had dropped uh, the, the matchup against them at the Michigan Dodgeball Cup. Uh, we had a lot of injuries at Nationals last year, so we beat them 3-1 to one en route to the National Championship game. Um, again, a lot of respect to them. They're a great team, but you know we were the better team that day, so we were able to pull off the win. Uh, and as for just Michigan State sports in general, it's really, really tough to decide between my freshman year, Notre Dame, the Little Giants, that game, oh, that was that was incredible. That one that. was a great game to there. be at. Um, <laughs> and then my sophomore year, uh, the Wisconsin game, the hail mary at the end of the uh, at the end of the game, I was actually sitting right behind the end zone that they scored at. Um, so those are two really really tough ones to pick between. I mean, the Big Ten championship game this year was is obviously great just because Ohio State had such high expectations. Yeah. But I think the Wisconsin hail mary and the Notre Dame Little Giants game, those are. Those are one. Those are one and one a. Those yeah, are Little Giants. Was, those was are really incredible. tough to beat. Yeah, hearing the stadium erupt was just essential. being part of the stadium. I know that's what I'm saying. It was, there. Like, it was oh, great. Just, it was oh. just like oh. Lots of people have mentioned that, and I was just thinking in a weird way, and in sort of a dark, twisted way. I could even say that that 2011 Big Ten Championship game was my favorite MSU moment. Never would say that, but one thing that it did is it kind of. Uh, it made it so I could never be heartbroken again. <laughs> you know, like I, I was, yeah. I've been to a lot of basketball games and football games since then where we've lost, and it's like it's nothing like the roughing the kicker call. It's, you yeah, know, it's, it, you, there's n- there's no worse feeling than that one. I mean, I think my favorite play of that game was when the the flip with BJ Cunningham and Keith. Oh goal, yeah, uh, just like oh, I'm going out of bounds. Here you go. Yeah. Well, and I've, I mean, being f- I'm from Wisconsin originally, so I've got a lot of friends who go to Mad- or University of Wisconsin. Um, so they certainly let me hear about that game several mm-hmm. times over. So we got, uh, I mean, we got a little bit of a little bit of them that year with the uh, with the hail mary, but. They uh, unfortunately, they at least didn't win the Rose Bowl. They went to three straight Rose Bowls, <laughs> lost all three. We go to one, well, and we win we it. Win. So yeah. I can I can tell them yeah. that. So there we go. Love love Michigan State football, and shout out to Josiah Price, your friend Colin. You He's a fellow psych major, and I worked with him at Residential Options over the summer. Um, great guy. So last thing I like to ask the show is called Secret Society. So if you have a secret or anything that you would like to share, I, I like to ask my guests, and that's how we end the show. So, Colin. Um, a secret. Um, I'll go, here we go. Sports-related, I'll say I was one of the 200 people on ESPN to, to pick the Final Four in 2010 uh, with Butler, West Virginia, Duke, and Michigan State. And to this day, I don't know why I picked Butler, but I did. So, so there's that. Um, and then, I don't know. I would say 
Uh, that's my. That's not my a very secret. mysterious guy. Nah, there's not much. Pretty upfront. How, not... How's your bracket this year? Uh, terrible. Um, absolutely garbage. Um, I guarantee it you, it's not as bad as mine. Pretty bad. So, yeah, that's my one claim to fame. I've been, I've been terrible every other in brackets, but 2010, I had it right. And then, but I picked Michigan State and West right. Virginia, so I went down pretty quick after that. Yeah. <laughs> that's still solid. I don't think I've ever. I might have had a, a correct Final Four maybe once or twice, but. It's a hard thing to do, especially with all the parity in yep. the league now. All right, Mike, do you have a secret? Well, I've got plenty of dodgeball secrets that I'm not going to divulge, at least until after Nationals, but I've got one secret, and I've actually worn these. It's a special set of pants that I have that are very interesting. That's one of my friends and, and family are very embarrassed to be seen with me when I wear these. They're just your normal set of khakis, but they have stuffed animals sewn onto them, and so it's completely oh sewn. It's, there's just nothing but stuffed animals. <laughs> so I'm walking around with just stuffed animals. I was actually inspired by, uh, I, in my sophomore year of high school, um, one of my favorite musicians, Flea, the bassist for the Red Hot Chili Peppers, he had a pair of these pants, and I said, I don't know why I said I wanted these pants, but I said, those look awesome. I want a pair of those. So you warmed a game day. I warmed a game day. I got on. Ridiculous. I got on TV. I looked ridiculous. They're really heavy, so it's really hard to walk around and jump. And they're like twenty pounds because uh, there's a lot of stuffed animals on them. They're the weirdest thing you've ever seen in your entire life, and nobody wants to be seen with me when I'm wearing them. But uh, hey, they got me on TV a couple times, and they're they're inspired by a famous rock musician. So it's not quite as weird as it sounds. I'll give you one more secret too. Speaking of music, one very. Uh, underrepresented genre uh is video game music it's very it's very good i i like it people my friends give me give me a tough time for it but uh there's some there's some great composers out there and <laughs> i i love it i don't really care what anyone thinks it's a, it's great music out there oh see you know i just i just love you know my my dirty secret for music is christina aguilera like her ain't no other man oh that's a great song and colby calais that bub bubbly Oh, I, I could sing that. I sing that song in, for days in my car. I'll just drive around with the windows down and that song blasting and people will laugh at me. So that's my... Uh, so now all my teammates are going to listen to this. Hopefully they, <laughs> hopefully they just muted it on that last part so, uh, so they won't be making fun of me for that. Well, thank you guys so much for, for coming on and thanks to everybody on the Michigan State Dodgeball team. April 12th, April 13th, that's this weekend. Be sure to tune in to them on Twitter. Look for the live stream. They're playing for a national championship, and I wish you guys the best of luck. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. For Colin O'Brien and Mike Van Erman, I'm Bradley Allen for MSU Impact Sports, and thanks for listening to Secret Society. Secret Society. Secret Society. Hey, get hyped now. Yeah! Give me my powers back.